Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and the 97.5 Network, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, we got a packed show. Uh, we, we can't really waste any time, can we? Well, I'm going to waste it anyway. You okay. know what today is, right? It's National Bagel Day. Yes, so, so I So I have to ask you, what, what's your go-to? Onion bagel. I'm glad we're not in the same studio. <laughs> <laughs> There's a response. Let's get right into the sports. We got Billy White Shoes Johnson coming up at 4.05. Uh, we've got plenty more coming up later in the show. We'll talk Wolfpack of Philadelphia with Craig Shoemaker and Leslie Goodell. I forgot to tell you there was a requirement that Billy had if you were going to come, if he was going to come on the show. You, you know what it is. You what? now have to get up and do the funky chicken. Yeah, you don't want to see that on the live stream. No, you, you got to do it. There are people that are just waiting for you, you know, to do the funky chicken end zone touchdown dance. My guess is Mike Vito, our producer on the other side of the glass, was doing that celebration watching the Flyers the other night uh, as they won their first game against the Penguins. And although we're not in studio with him, I, I am sure he's all dressed up, ready to dance again this evening as the Flyers are back at it with the Penguins. You well, see, that was the best part about it. it. It wasn't just that they that they won and they won big. It was that they beat who the penguins Penguins. i mean i mean that makes it just double sweet they they outshot the penguins they were outshot by the penguins 34 to 25 still won six to three five of their six goals came within 15 feet of the goal the amount of traffic that they had in front of the net was really encouraging to see 12 different flyers picked up a point in that game and two of those goals were on the power play the best part of what we saw besides joel farabee starting on with four points Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom back on the ice in Philadelphia. Although I wish Oscar wasn't headbutting. Yeah, that was Fucks. that was not the best thing. Um, I also wish that Carter Hart didn't have that little scare with misplaying the puck. I still don't understand what he was doing there. Who's the leader in points in the NHL right now? Uh, Joel Farabee's tied with Connor right. David, I believe. I believe uh, that. I never thought that I would say those two in the same sentence. That Joel Farabee was leading the league in and, points. And look, it's only one game. Uh, it's going to be a long season. And and there is going to be some animosity between teams this season. I mean, these guys aren't traveling around the country. They are playing their division rivals over and over. And well, over and, and not that we needed a reason to have animosity towards the Penguins. I mean, it's just built in. Yes. But, but now it's going to be even worse. Uh, so it was a 6-3 beatdown of them. How did you feel watching Carter Hart back there? Are you just level of comfort now? You know that we've got somebody back there. Yeah, well, look, I already felt that way. I mean, I'm not judging it on his performance in this game. He did give up three goals. But there was no question coming into the season that for the first time in countless years and maybe decades, you actually started the season knowing that goalie is not an issue. I mean, how, how nice is that to know that as long as he stays healthy, you have a young, up-and-coming goalie who you've already seen can play well in the clutch. And it looks like he's going to get the start again tonight, back-to-back uh, -back there. We'll see how it goes going through the season, how many games he plays. Uh, Shane Gossespierre wasn't available because of COVID protocol. It just goes to show you the depth of this team right now. Don't miss a beat at all. Yeah, and you see that Voracek's now having to fight for minutes. I mean, the the team is young too. I mean, that's that's what's great. You have the veteran veterans that are sprinkled in there, but the fact is, the youth of this team is the strength of the team now. 
It is, and it, they are a fun and exciting team to watch. And, and you can't uh, overstate the role that Alan Vigneault has been playing on this team uh, at leading it, uh, his leadership, watching the way that he sets his lines. And, you know, we talk a lot about um, players knowing their role and when they don't, the, the challenges they have in different sports, they, the Flyers players know their roles on this team. At this point, on this day, if you had to pick one of the four major sports teams, which one is closest to winning a championship? Right now, it's the Flyers. It's not even a question. And don't tell me it's the Sixers, because we'll get into that later. I, I don't. The Flyers are closer. Remember, the Flyers were the number one seed in the East last year. Yeah, I think the Flyers are probably the closest team, just yeah. given all the other dynamics of the league and everything as well. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that at all. It's not the Phillies, not with that bullpen. Uh, not the Eagles. <laughs> not the Eagles, who don't even have a coach. <laughs> we'll get to that. What a week! We're not even going to have. Who do you, who do you want? Just, just give me a name, and then we can talk about it later. None of the guys are talking to. Who do I think we're going to get? I think we're going to get Deuce or Mike Kafka. And I'm okay with Deuce because why? Why do you not want Eric Bieniemy? Because I don't think they're going to actually seriously go after him. No, that, that, that's not, that wasn't my question. My question is, who do you want? I'm giving you free range to have whoever you want. You can't have Andy Reid back, but I, I'd actually probably prefer Joe Brady over Eric Bieniemy. Uh, why? If I, if I have my choice. Why? Because I saw what he did at LSU. I saw what he did in Carolina, and I think he'll be able to do that as a head coach. Have you seen what he did with uh, with uh, Patrick Mahomes? I understand, but I think that yeah. Patrick Mahomes is more than just Eric Bieniemy. That's not to say that Eric Bieniemy isn't good. I don't. By the way, I will not be surprised in the least if, when the coaching carousel is done, Eric Bieniemy is once again not a coach. If, if that happens, there is going to be hell to pay. Tell me you won't be surprised if that happens. Uh, well, I'm already surprised. I mean, look, I know he, I know he's still coaching in the playoffs, but it is concerning to me that you now had three hires. Ah, I want to get to one of those hires later. Yeah, I know. I'm because because you saw me gritting my teeth. I did. Uh, yeah. but I I just I am concerned that the enemy is not going to. I don't know if teams aren't going to wait or what it is. Um, I'm I'm not really sure, but I, I just get the feeling that that he's not going to end up being it. And you see the reports from who the Eagles are interested. It's that they're interested in Mike Kafka on that staff, not Eric Bieniemy. And they know Kafka having had him been here as a player before. And I, I don't know. So here's my question to you. What are the Eagles looking for now? I have no idea. I don't think anybody knows. I'll tell you right now, the fact that they're even interviewing Kellen Moore tells me they don't know. I think they're just trying to hear from a bunch of people right now. I, I agree with you. I don't think they know. I don't think that they necessarily plan to have a coaching opening. It, it just seemed like. Well, but okay. That's their fault. That's not an excuse. Why did they not know what they were doing? Look, I, I'm with you. I don't, I still I, don't, I don't, I don't really understand how this circus is working. Look, Who's the I, ringleader? Howie Roseman for his third coaching search right now. Well, I, yeah, but this was supposedly based on intervi- interviews that Jeff Lurie did with the head coach, not based on interviews that Harry, Howie Roseman was running, right? Like everybody's flying to Palm Beach to interview with Jeffrey. That that seems to be what's going on down there right, right. now. I, but I don't know. Are they looking for an offensive guy? Are they looking for a defensive guy? Do they want somebody who's going to be 
you know, have a lot of power in the system? I don't think so. I think they're going to want somebody who just plays his role as a coach and lets Howie and, and everything. I don't think that's why they're going to go after certain more experienced coaches who are going to demand more coming in. I think you're going to see a coordinator come in because that's somebody who's looking for the job and won't necessarily demand as much power within the organization. Well, I, I, I would like to understand what they're doing. And, and I would have no confidence as an Eagles fan when the first name you hear is Kellen Moore. He's not the first. He's like the fifth. But I, okay. it is concerning. <laughs> oh, who, who else have you heard? Who else is confirmed to have been met, met with the Eagles? Uh, hold on. I actually have the list in here. Keep talking for a second. and I'll no, I, I, I've only heard Kellen Moore. If there's other people, fine. Robert Soleil. Okay, and the, and, and he went to the Jets. They okay. interviewed Jared Mayo um, from New England, the no, thanks. coach who's supposedly a rising star. They interviewed Arthur Davis from the Titans, who apparently has an offer on the table from Atlanta. He hasn't accepted it yet, right? But I, I don't know where they're going there. Deuce was interviewing today, uh, so I, I don't like. I don't know where they're going. I, I, hold, hold on a second. Look at those. Look one at of the teams. one of the names you okay. So one coach said, "I'd rather go to the Jets." That that right there is a concern. Uh, another one has apparently gotten an offer from another team. And then you mentioned Mayo. Can you tell me how many people out of the Bill Belichick coaching tree have been successful as head coaches? Yeah, I'd prefer to go to the Andy Reid coaching tree. If we were going can, to can you tell can you name them? They are, they have oh. for, Bill Belichick is the as much as I don't like him, is the genius on that coaching staff. And nobody else, Matt Patricia, was a disaster. Bill O'Brien, disaster. Who who exactly, their current offensive Josh coordinator McDaniel. went to De Denver? He wasn't good, huh? Josh McDaniels, disaster. Yeah, exactly. No, that's his, his coaching tree has been really bad when Look, it comes to head coaches on other teams. If you're looking for people, it's, it's the Andy Reid tree right now is one of the hot trees. Oh, yeah, and I think I mentioned somebody off of that tree, Eric Bieniemy, also a former Eagle. I'm not opposed to it, but I don't think you don't seem to be jumping on the Bieniemy bandwagon because I don't think they're going to go that direction. And why am but, I going to get but, myself fired up? Oh, so this this is this is your your heart's going to break, so you can't wish. I gave I'm you a wish list. I said you, you get to be the owner of this team. Who do you want? And you can have anybody you want. I probably available. would want to go with Eric Bieniemy. I am curious though, how's he going to run his staff? I'm, I'm curious about that in general, not him, everybody. We've seen this disaster of offense by seven different coaches there collaborating. We've seen where the coach called the plays. I would rather a coach focus on the overall team and have an offensive and a defensive coordinator and run more of a traditional coaching staff. That's what, what I Okay, what have you seen out of Kellen Moore that warrants him even getting an interview. Who called him the 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 up and coming uh star coordinator? Nobody. I didn't really want him to come in other than the fact it that it just they seemed like it, about the cowboy system. But it just seemed like this is this is Jeffrey Lurie trying to be too smart for everybody else. That this is okay, we're gonna find the next because look, nobody thought Andy Reid was going to be who Andy Reid turned out to be. So is this their attempt to say, we, we're going to do it again? Nobody thought Doug Peterson was going to be the coach. They hired Jim Schwartz before they hired Doug Peterson. I keep reminding people that. It just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. They wanted Adam Gase. They wanted other people 
at the time for that role and ended up getting Doug Peterson. Oh, oh, be thankful it wasn't I Adam know. Gaze. So you'll laugh. My my friend uh, sent me uh, an onion story and I had fallen asleep. It was in the middle of the night. For your onion bagel? With, with, in the middle of the night with the baby. And I, I read and it's Adam Gaze to the Eagles. And I didn't realize it was an onion story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reading it at like four o'clock in the morning because the baby's up. And I'm like, oh, no, this is terrible. And I'm writing back to him and I go, oh, this isn't real. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, it, it, I don't understand, though. So if you look what's going on, Chargers still have an opening. The Falcons have made an offer. What other jobs? You know, the Jets, I think, made a good hire with Soleil. And he comes with an offensive coordinator from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, a good, a good coordinator. Yeah, I would have. I would have probably preferred they try to do some type of matchup like that. Because again, I don't think they're waiting for Bienemy. Sure, I'd, I'd like him, and I'd like to see him get the opportunity. But, but what does that tell you about the Eagles' job that Salah took a position with the Jets? When when did the Jets' job become more interesting than the Eagles' job? And, and if don't tell me it's because of one first round pick. That's not a reason to take the job. Okay, so you may think I'm crazy. I well, yeah, I do in general. I would but be go surprised ahead. if they don't take a quarterback there now, and that they they go with Darnold. I oh, I think not. that I think they are going to stay with Darnold. Yeah, I would not. I think they trade out um, and and acquire more picks. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Somebody who wants a quarterback draft it too. I think at this point they're going to to roll with sort of what they have. They think that that he showed stuff at the end of the season and giving good coaching, not what he got the last year. But do you think the Jets job is a better job than the Eagles job? That's a good question. I, okay. As the fence sitter in chief, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're in better cap space. FCI. They're, they've got better cap situation. They're a younger roster. They've got better draft picks. I'm, Did you think that would happen in the last foot based after the no, Super Bowl? If, so, if I would have told you in, in three short years, the Jets would go on to getting to the point of it looked like they were going to not win a game all season. And, and then Adam Gase couldn't even do that. right. That now you're telling me that after three years from the Super Bowl, the Jets job is a better job than the Eagles job. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. That's why I asked you the question. I'm just talking through. It's funny. We didn't plan to have this discussion. I'm just talking through it with you on the air. Like, if you look at it, the Jets, whether you think he's their quarterback or not, they know who their quarterback is going to be next year. The Eagles don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if they decide to move on from Wentz, that's another cap implication of a cap that, what, they're over $60 million over the cap. Mm -hmm. You can't judge where the Eagles are by the roster now because they're going to have to make roster changes. They can't afford to bring all these people back right now. And so I think when it's all done, I actually think that as a job right now, the Jets probably is a more desirable job. They have stability in the top of their organization. They have Joe Douglas there now. Well, then to me, I'm that's an that's an indictment are. on Howie Roseman. Well, look, I've I mean they this organization still won't admit it was wrong to take JJ Artega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. Jeff, come on. Well, and then they took Jalen Rager when they had a chance at Justin Jefferson. And they still won't acknowledge that either. And it's not just one thing. When is the last time that the Eagles drafted, have a homegrown draft pick that is turned into an all-pro? From what I heard, it's been close to a decade. Zach Ertz, right? Okay, how many years ago was that? 
I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that is, I mean, Brandon Graham, but that was Brandon Graham was drafted more than 10 years ago. How in the world could you go almost a Fletcher Cox? Carson I don't think he was, was he drafted by the Eagles? Yeah, he was definitely drafted. Okay. How many years ago was that though? A lot of years ago now. Yeah. So it's been close to a decade and you don't even by accident have somebody who makes the all pro team. How is that possible? You have first round picks every year. It's stunning to me. And yet that's Howie how Roseman. Yeah. Huh? And yet Howie's still here. And that's what I don't understand. Like, if you're going to Doug, okay, but, you know, Doug didn't shop for the groceries, to use Bill Parcell's analogy. He just had to make the meal based on what they put in the kitchen. Yeah, but he wasn't a good chef either. I'm not saying he should stay. And by the way, I don't know if I've said this to you on air. I know that I've said it to you many times off air, that I thought that what was going to end up happening was Carson Wentz was going to get Doug Peterson fired. And I think that's what happened. Oh, I think so. I think it was either Carson or Doug. And I think they chose Carson because they're not ready to move on from him yet. And I think Doug was ready to move on from him and make Jalen the guy. So do you think that in coming in here has to any, anybody who's interviewing has to go to Mr. Lurie's house and has to say, here's my plan for Carson Wentz. This is not, this is no longer open competition that, that Jeffrey Lurie is now looking to see Who's going to come in here and give him the pitch, just like the long snapper pitch that Andy Reid had to give. Now you're going to have a guy that's going to come in here and whoever's going to get the job has to say, I can fix Carson Wentz. I think they have to have a plan for Carson Wentz, whether it's that he's shipped out and they have a plan for how that can happen with the Eagles cap situation. Well, that's not, but that's not a coaching job that whoever's coming in doesn't have to come up with that plan. That's how he Roseman's. But I think if the coach isn't going to utilize him, he, the coach has to say why they have to convince Jeffrey that I look, I've looked at it, that you're hiring me for my knowledge. If you want my knowledge, this is what I say. I say that Carson Wentz isn't your guy. Jalen Hurts is. And I don't think that this organization has decided that yet. And that's a I, problem. I honestly think that it's not that not the way you're saying. I think that that person has to come in and say, I can fix Carson Wentz. I can make Carson Wentz back into somebody who will make a Pro Bowl game. Well, look, I mean, I can say a lot of things. Do you think they actually can? I'm not so sure, but but I think that's the wrong reason to hire a guy. That's what I'm afraid of. I I, I think that what's going to happen here is we're going to get somebody that's an offensive coordinator solely for the reason that they have to somehow be the quarterback whisperer who can fix all of Carson Wentz's head issues. Yeah, I mean that that concerns me. I don't think you bring a coach here into any organization to fix one player. Well, let's say this. There are strengths that Carson Wentz has that this coaching staff did not I mean I how many times did I complain to you about how they wouldn't roll the pocket? He's a better thrower a bazillion and and so i'm sure that thank god we don't pay for text messages by the message (laughs) you just don't like some of the text messages Mm -hmm. i send you yeah but that's but but those in particular came a lot i think that whoever roll out ones has to come in and talk about how they're going to accentuate his strengths and work on his deficiencies and weaknesses and i think one of those things is building back up his confidence that he's the player that he was in 2017 because he looks like a shell of himself this year and that's just kind of what it is. We're still working on Billy White Shoes Johnson. If we don't get him, we'll connect with him another week. We'll just keep talking some football, Jeff. I, I, I think, quite frankly, he didn't come on because you did not do the funky chicken dance. 
Maybe. We'll work I think on- this is on you. I've got a crazy stat for you. Um, the, it's a battle of um, the ages this weekend in football. Mine versus yours? Between the AFC and the NFC. The average age for the four starting quarterbacks in the AFC will be 24 years and 345 days. That's the single conference union <laughs> for starting quarterbacks in history of the NFL. And the other, one, and the other, and the other conference is closer than Methuselah. <laughs> You've got Tom Brady with uh, six Super Bowl wins, Drew Brees with one, Aaron Rodgers with one. Uh, they, and then, they, the, and then there's the one youngin. That's right, in Jared Goff. In Jared Goff, who, yes. you know, he struggled, but they they moved on. Uh, but he definitely struggled with that thumb coming back from surgery. That that hit on the Rams' starting quarterback was a cheap shot. How how was that clean? Uh, it wasn't clean. There's no question it was and not clean. I don't clean. think he's a dirty player. I actually like him as a player. But it was that he hit. led with his helmet. Yes. I, I, it, it's it's pretty simple. If you lead with your helmet, it's a penalty. Period. I, yes. It if is. you lead with your helmet regarding a quarterback who's going down, it's a really big penalty. But not in this game. <laughs> no. <laughs> not not in this game uh did i'm anything, shocked that the rams won after that too i was gonna say did anything surprise you last week <laughs> yes that blake bortles is on the team <laughs> <laughs> did any you know you, you, the the best job in the entire nfl and maybe all of the sports is the backup quarterback it is always shocking to me to see that there are these guys that are still around 10, 15 years after they've been a complete bust as like a high draft pick. Good work if you can get it. Yeah, look, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but if I told you Chad Henney was still around, and we met Chad Henney out in Reading, if but if I told you Chad Henney was still around, you would have said, no way. How old is he at this is point? Is he really? He's the backup quarterback for the Chiefs. Still? Yes. Oh, he came back after the he broke his foot, right? Yep, he he is the backup quarterback, and I'd have much more confidence in him and, and than than some of the guys that are that are starters still. What'd you but, think of the but to hear that Blake Bortles is still around is is just baffling to me. What did you think of the Washington quarterback coming in playing the way he did? Heineke. What the best part about it is that Washington fans will overreact because of his grit because because look. This was the mentality of Heineke before this game started. I love your I hate the Washington football team yes. uh, angst coming out right yes. now. It, the, by the way, if you listen and to the us fans. on the radio, if you listen to us on the radio, one day you should go on our Facebook page, The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, because on Fridays we do a live video stream of this. And so you can see Jeff's facial reactions oh, and then go along with his commentary, which are fantastic. I could, go ahead, I Jeff. Could, I could just do that. And then- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, I've got nothing. I can't even see him anymore. But no. Look, they're all going to overreact and they're going to want to keep Heineke as their starting quarterback. And the fact is, is this kid busted his butt probably and and probably gave every ounce of effort he will ever have left because he said, this is it for me. This is my moment. And, And look, if he's able to recreate it and he turns into a good quarterback, I'll be eating crow. But the fact is, the Washington football team fans are going to overreact and want him to be the starting quarterback. And one can only hope that their dopey owner decides that this is who he's going to hitch his wagon to because then for another five to 10 years, we'll have the Washington football team disaster continue. 
I didn't That's it. intentionally get into your Washington rant, but I knew once <laughs> I went there that you'd have fun with it. You know, the, there's now, is, fun. is there a team that has been managed by an owner worse than the Washington football team with this owner in recent history now? Yeah. Not in football. He is a train wreck of train wrecks as an owner from his front front office nonsense to look, there has been no owner in history that's been worse than this. And you can simply say that by the fact that he had to keep a name that most people considered racist for way too long. And then when he finally had to change it, he wasn't prepared. You think they're going to keep Washington football team? Now? I think they might. Yeah. It seems like they're just kind of going with it. Uh, color scheme and and at this point it kind of grows on you um because it's not much different than soccer teams and the way they name them right but here's the funny thing is the way that it displays in some mobile apps what wtf it'll have the logo no it will sometimes it'll say wtf but sometimes it'll have the logo (laughs) and then just say football team (laughs) because the logo is the w well there's there's another problem because for people that don't necessarily follow football, if fans you want to get into the game, when you hear Washington football team, you immediately ask yourself, are you talking about the state or D.C.? Like, is there any other team in sports that from the name you can't tell where they are? I didn't ask myself that, but OK. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it's fun to have <laughs> well, some new That's because you know football. It's fun to have some oh, new I can't believe I said that. in the playoffs. The, the Bills are there. The Browns are there, exciting teams. It looks like the Eagles wanted to talk to the Bills' offensive coordinator as well. He's done great work with Josh Allen up there in mm-hmm. Buffalo. Uh, Cleveland, I know it shocks you that they actually won a game last week. You haven't allowed me to say Cleveland on the show in years because you believe they're overhyped. And, you said it. You keep saying um, it anyway. But and you're ahead. still not into it. I did enjoy that Odell Beckham Jr. tweeted that they're going to win and Pat Mahomes liked it. Uh, that should be a fun game. I always enjoy when a team gives bulletin board material unnecessarily. Yeah, your, g- good luck Browns defense stopping Mahomes. Your thoughts on the NFL finally getting some new blood into the playoffs? You know, it's funny for somebody like my age, you saying the Bills are new blood in the playoffs is just, it's so surprising to me because I grew up on those four Super Bowl teams. Yes. And, and how it's long been, been since they've been It's been since then that they were any were a relevant team. I mean, let's face it, nobody in the AFC East has been relevant for two decades because the Patriots just dominated that division. Jeff. But it is kind of cool at this point to have the Bills in there. And and, and I do I do kind of root for them now. I, I forgot to ask you. I need to go back to coaching vacancy. Oh, are we really going here? <laughs> totally. Forgot. How could I do this? The Jaguars have themselves a new coach whose health is doing much better these days, apparently. <laughs> Urban Meyer got the Jaguars carpet coming off of the private jet and will be the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You go for it, Jeff. The floor is yours. Uh, I remember a guy at the University of Florida who had to retire because he had serious health issues. And he was dedicating his time to faith and family and health and wasn't going to coach again. And by the way, one of the players he had on that disastrously uh, non-behaving team was Aaron Hernandez. And all these issues came out after he left, surprisingly. And then he waited around and he went to Ohio State. 
And there seemed to be problems there, including with one of his assistant coaches who had some issues that he decided not to discipline him for. And then he left that job and he said that he wasn't going to coach again. And somehow he's now going to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. He's healthy. Uh, Apparently the Jaguars will not be using the motto character matters. That's all I got to say. That surprise you. What the, what the character doesn't matter or that they hired urban Meyer. Oh, I don't understand what we, the, the track record of college coaches going to the NFL is so woeful. The only one that you can name that's been close to successful in the last 15 years is really Jim Harbaugh, right? He's had more success in the NFL than he did back in college. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. Tell me about it. (laughs) Michigan's a basketball school now, so just drop it. I don't know. Um, I would appreciate that. I don't know why they think a guy that's been, that's never coached in the NFL who you don't know even know how long he's going to be able to coach if his health is really a concern, is a guide to rebuild a professional football team with. This you can get Trevor Lawrence. The rest of that team stinks. It's not like all of a sudden they're one player away. So is Urban Meyer going to stick excuse me, stick around for for four or five years to rebuild the Jacksonville Jaguars? And you know how much he gets into every little thing. I mean, he can say, I think there was a story I sent you today. He's going to watch his health in practice. Yes. He's not, not, I I actually heard the interview where he said, I'm not going to be a nut. I'm not going to run around the sidelines like I used to. Okay. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, exactly. And and so that's the answer to the health issues, right? I I guess so. Okay. He's healthy now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know who that sounds like? Do you remember Steve Spurrier going to the NFL? Yep. And saying how much easier it was going to be. And it turned out he was like golfing instead of getting ready for games and stuff. And it, it turned high. out to be a disaster. Yes. Uh, That's what it sounds like to me. Only Steve Spurrier just did not take it seriously. You know who wasn't healthy this week? Lots of players in the NBA. <laughs> Lots of COVID going on in basketball right now. Yeah, and even I, watching I the understand. Sixers game and seeing none of their top three players in the game. So I don't understand the inconsistency in the NBA's policy of when they do and when they don't cancel games. I'm still not sure why the Sixers it's, played it's one, last Saturday. Because the they had eight. Run. Well, no, they didn't have eight. Mike Scott was dressed, but he was not healthy. They had seven. I don't understand why Mike. they had Mike Scott put on a uniform. Well, well to, be, to be fair, Mike Scott should not count even if he is healthy. <laughs> Goodness. Huff right what's, what's the over-under on how many days left? until Mike Scott is released or traded. I think it depends how healthy everybody okay, is. Okay, but but you've now seen the He's one thing a prime part of the rotation in the team, that's for sure. Right. And the one good thing that has come out of the other players not being able to play is that you've now been forced to do something you might not have otherwise done, which is let some of these young players play. They had no option. So they had to have them play. And what you've seen is Isaiah Joe can more than hold his own. What you've seen is your favorite player, Maxie, is able to go in there and provide instant offense. You feel right? better about him? I feel better about him. The thing is, when I watch him, he looks like he's playing out of control. But it, what I'm seeing as I watch him is he's not playing out of control. He's just 
the way he plays looks like it's out of control. He's not turning the the way I see him playing because he's so fast. He looks like he's just a turnover machine, and he really hasn't been a turnover machine. And it, he can shoot. He provides something that should be on the second in the second group, which is that instant offense. It's that instant energy. Well, and I mean- when this team has its whole team, they have depth. And thank God they didn't trade that depth for a guy who would make National Bagel Day and National Donut Day. We're going to get to that later. We have to have some things to talk about after we talk about the Wolfpack. (laughs) (laughs) We're just burning through stuff here, Jeff. But I I mean, it's for the Sixers, another advantage is you saw Shake Milton and he's looking to try and be that sixth man, it seems like. Mm -hmm. He is. I mean, we've seen him back with the Blue Coats and his growth with the team now. And he is a more confident player. He's bulked up. Uh, he has definitely worked on his game. You saw him put up 31 points the other night. Hasn't turned uh, it over as much. What are your thoughts on Shake and, and these young guys in terms of what we've seen here and how the experience for them, I know nobody wants to see what's happening with COVID, but to get these guys on the court so early in the season and get them experience in the NBA games has to help as you go down the season, no? It looks like they're actually drafting well. It looks like this group that drafted this year seems to have gotten it right we haven't really had that i mean shake milton is another example of a draft pick they got right he was a second round pick um and but it's taken him time to develop and he's done really well for the most part most of their second round picks have not been great so it's nice to see that you have young guys that can provide depth my concern remains ben simmons and i understand that we're playing to his strengths now i understand he's getting triple doubles but when you play in a game that has 139 points and you shoot twice, it makes me worry that he's a taller version of Rajan Rondo. And, and I don't think that that's a recipe for championship success. Do you really believe that's what he is? Or are you just kind of saying that? I believe that's what he's playing like. I don't believe that's what he is. Okay. I don't understand... I, I believe there should I be a happy. I don't think you do like I, I, we've talked a lot, and that's not how you view him. You've seen him at practice, like you've seen different sides of Ben Simmons than just the guy on the court there in the game. And so, I, it, yes, and that's I, I worry about an athlete that seems to not be pushing his potential. That concerns me. He is so much more than what he has shown, and I think he can be. And it seems like now the Sixers are saying, let's just go with what's comfortable for him. And once you, if the answer is, let's go with what's comfortable and let's build on it and push him behind the scenes, I hope that's what's going on. But if we get through this season and he is what he is right now, they're not going very far. Uh, I mean, they've got lots of time to, to build as a team. We'll talk more about the trade that didn't happen after this. I do want to, though, bring on Craig Shoemaker and Leslie Goodell. Uh, Jeff, we, we like to talk to people who are doing all different things in and around Philadelphia, who do different things associated with sports. We've got something totally different here. Why don't you bring them on and tell us what we're talking about today? So we have Leslie Goodell and Craig Shoemaker. How you doing? Fantastic. I'm out in California listening to my old hometown, Philadelphia, loving, loving it. I love my sports, no matter how long I've been out in L.A. Look at that. Leslie, how you doing over there? Hey. Oh. 
There we go. We got Leslie on. So hello. Hello there. So so first we have to say, Leslie, we miss your voice on TV. Oh, yeah. thank you. That's very sweet of you. I appreciate that. Yes, we'll have to work on Well, we're getting it back on Amazon Prime now, Jeff, because uh, Leslie and Craig have teamed up and they're going to be involved with the Wolfpack of Philadelphia. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Shark Tank guy. I, I love to see inventions. I enjoy, you know, business and, and mentorship and all those things. So I got to ask, where did the idea of a Philadelphia version come from for this? Well, I'd love to take that much credit for it. But to be honest with you, Craig called me in a bit of a panic right as they started shooting and they had lost one of their investors. And he said, oh my God, I'm shooting this show in Philly. I need you to come down and help me tape tomorrow. And can you, are you free the next two weeks? And I said, let me clear free the things next on my two schedule. Weeks. Yeah, since we shot the four shows over the course of two weeks. So I said, let me juggle a few things. And Craig's a good friend and we support each other whenever we can. And um, I was able to make it happen. And it turned out to be a great move for me. And hopefully they feel the same. So, so and Craig, by the way, yes. by the by the way, I should be the Sixers GM for pulling this one off at the last second here, bringing in a stud <laughs> like Leslie Goodell. She she brought the whole thing to a different level. She actually, this was kind of unexpected. Well, maybe it was maybe it was part of the decision making, but bringing her in, she helped all of the other wolves. It's a it's five wolves, if you will, go with the parallel of Shark Tank. That's where it ends, though. And the five wolves together investing in businesses or not, and they have to make the decision uh, amongst themselves. It has to be a packed decision, not just one or that phony competition that goes on. And a lot of it has to do with philanthropy. That's a big piece of it. And Leslie really helped, ended up coaching the other wolves who, who were from the VC world and from the finance world. And uh, she was still helpful me. in that too. <laughs> no, no, well, smarter that, than me. Not. In different no, ways. We all brought different yourself. strengths to the table. Yes. And we right. all brought different strengths to the table. I learned a ton from them as much as I did everybody else. Yeah. So and here's so the best Craig, part about it. The, the Philadelphia Eagles were involved the entire way. We shot there at the stadium, in the locker room, in the suites, and all over the stadium. They were a big supporter of this because they're so community-minded. And the other character in the show, aside from the five wolves, is Philadelphia itself. We shot everywhere from Ambler to Norristown to South Philly, North Philly, Drexel University, restaurants. And it was an amazing experience because it really showed the world now, because this is shown all over the world, what Philadelphia really is. So community minded, the neighborhoods, the diversity. And we even had the athletes like Seth Joyner and Brian Dawkins involved and Dave Spadaro, the insider of the Eagles. So it showed Philadelphia in the greatest light. I'm so proud of it. So, so Craig, I was going to ask Leslie this question, but since you brought up all this Eagles stuff, do you know who the next head coach is going to be? <laughs> uh, as I see oh. everybody else starting to hire, I'm like, come on, guys, get going. <laughs> oh, that was such a, Philadelphia, such a Philadelphia question. I love it. I, every time I, uh, every time I go back there or on radio, you just, it's, it's just such a unique town. It's, and that's focused in the show is the genuineness and the truthful nature of that question itself, which is funny. And the answer is, I don't know. So, Craig, why, <laughs> why did you pick Philadelphia? I'm, you, we know you went to your Temple University alum. Yeah. You spent your times here, including bartending before you went into comedy. But what mm -hmm. made you choose Philadelphia as, as a place that was going to be an incubator for this kind of idea and these kind of uh, mentorship programs? 
Well, we will be bringing it out to different cities. We have Wolfpack Boston coming up. We're doing six more episodes in Philadelphia. I was approached by a guy. There's another Philadelphia element you don't see anywhere else in the country, especially in Los Angeles, where I live, is a guy from third grade, our genius from third grade. He left us in seventh grade for, for private school, GA, but uh, he kept me in the public system. I mean, the biggest thing I missed about him is I didn't I had to find someone else to cheat off of. But um, <laughs> Ken Griswold... Ken Griswold is the founding wolf of this, and he um, created a show called Biz Show, and I put my little, you know, mark on it and made it community-minded and philanthropy-minded, and, and we went to all these locations. So uh, he came to my show at the, in Phoenixville. You know, I'm a comedian. I came to my comedy show in Phoenixville at the Colonial last December, and by February, we were up and shooting, and we got, it, we got four episodes in before uh, COVID, used an all-Philadelphia crew, some of my Temple alum, people from my neighborhood, my accountants from kindergarten, Ken's from third grade. So that's the reason I went to Philadelphia. No better place. That is place so Philly. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is so Philly. When I moved to Philadelphia, I I, when I moved to Philadelphia in 1997, I had um, I had read something about it being the smallest big town or the biggest city in the country with no one with the fewest number of people moving in and the fewest number of people moving out. It's like nobody leaves here except Craig. It, it, except Craig. That's correct. He goes out to Cali. And then I'm coming back. back. When you get that big time. He goes to California, get, yeah. sits in the warm weather, and calls in. <laughs> I, don't have to, I, don't have to shovel, I don't have to shovel a driveway. That's my motto. Uh, but, Are you sun tanning in the backyard with your neighbor, Pistol Pete, or Pilot Pete, or whatever his name, Pilot Pete? Oh, that, that's, that's right. I, he's my neighbor from The Bachelor. I, I, I steal oranges from his tree. Because I'm so Philadelphia through and through. But uh, it, it, by the way, one of the episodes opens up with uh, the second episode opens up with Leslie going, they say, where'd this business come from? Because it's four different businesses. We do a deep dive and they're, they're in it for they want financing and mentorship from the Wolves. And the, one of the businesses, Leslie says, well, this one came to us from our executive producer, Craig Shoemaker, who knows everyone. And, uh, and it was my True. my friend's daughter. My friend's daughter is the subject of the second business we cover on the second episode. And, and you mentioned the the charitable side of this. You know, we we often talk about the intersection of sports and and charity and community and the the platform that athletes and sports have to raise awareness for other things. Here, you're tying athletes into it, but you're also supporting some of their charities. Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation. He's a part of the show. Can you talk about how you weave sports throughout what's going on here to really highlight the city and the good things that are done here? Well, I think Leslie can really speak to that because she certainly comes from the sports world. And it was, it was, it's really, you know, all throughout the show is, you know, fans of sports in Philadelphia, there's no, nothing like them. And Leslie, you can speak to that more than anyone. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, when I got a job offer here in 1997, I was, given another offer down at home teams what used to be home team sports down in baltimore for more money and there was just there was something about this city that said you know there's there's just I, I knew this you know being from la there's there's just no better sports town i mean the only one that i think could compare in terms of the energy and intensity might be boston but nothing really compares mm -hmm. so everything that happens here i mean i was on the air in la for two years no one ever picked it said oh hey you're that sports person. i was here a week people were like hey leslie i'm like hi do i know them i'm <laughs> i mean everybody's involved in sports here. men women it's not like a you know it's not like it's not just the guys hang out around here the women are just as into it as the men are it's that leslie, neighborhood you know, feel 
Sorry. Yeah, direct, Greg. The neighborhood feel is really what we went for as well, and it was so easy to do that. You know, we were at the Rim Cafe in South Philly's making chocolate for everyone, and, you know, we're on the bongos and, and then Mushaloo Restaurant, Autograph out in, by Leslie and Villanova. I mean, this is all it's all part of what the show is, and that's it separates us from Shark Tank. It, there's nothing canned. It's all organic, and that's that's Philadelphia and their sports. That is true authenticity from from and it's generational so we brought in seth joiner also he's a he's one of the wolves kind he's like a sub wolf sub wolfer so he comes <laughs> in into the fourth episode and, and dawkins with the foundation we had to make sure that the philanthropic the philanthropic piece had to be a part of it of all the businesses they had to have that piece to their business because it's about giving back as well and that's something else we teach the, the viewer and what better time to establish your business than now when a lot of people are out of their businesses and have to pivot. So the timing was actually pretty good on releasing this show right now. And, and yeah, Leslie I totally seems agree. To be, and Leslie seems to be the perfect example of that. I mean, for, w most of us know Leslie from telling us all of our sports dudes. And, and Leslie left there and has become an amazing entrepreneur. Leslie, how did you mm -hmm. get involved in all of this? I just the entrepreneur world. Um, I yeah. invented a, a baby product uh, when my daughter was younger, and um, we had I've had my highest highs and lowest lows over the course of four years. But it was a wildly successful product by uh, by almost all accounts, and um, so I learned a ton. I watched my father, who you know started in the mailroom at a title insurance company out of the Navy and built it to a, um, ended up starting his own company and taking it public. And I just watched that progression and how he handled people and how important the team aspect was to things. So there's so much crossover between sports and that you can't do something alone. It's a collaborative effort. Uh, it takes work at any hour of the day. Um, I just, I mean, the parallels are really, uh, really quite amazing. And then I also started a foundation in my daughter's name called Kendall's Crusade after she had a stroke five years ago, which Craig has helped me with in our events and and there's just that community piece and now this show one of the guys who we profile on the show pat waters longtime sports marketing person here in the city he and i have gone into business together and are in the process of building a sports agency that has marketing yeah. and, and all other facets so it literally each thing leads to another the connections the the family the you know the unity that goes along with it and so i'm glad to be dipping my toe back in and i'm ready to dive back into the sports world Leslie, you're not even going to have time to watch your own show. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been one to watch myself on TV anyway, so that's okay. <laughs> so, so, Craig, where can people catch this show? Well, it's on Amazon for now. We're going to other networks, but it's on Amazon. Now, the only negative, God, the reviews have been awesome, and the response has been amazing. The only difficulty is, and at first when Leslie told me she was having a hard time finding it in her search, I thought it was her uh, I was, technical yeah, the difficulty. But I didn't say that. But then when it, she pulled the teenager in, and he couldn't, and he couldn't do it. So there seems to be a problem in just in Philadelphia. Uh, you have to put Wolfpack PAC in quotes when you're searching on Amazon. For right now, we're trying to work it out, or put uh, Craig Shoemaker, you know, director, you know, put my name in there. And it'll come up. 
But um, watch the show. You'll see how much fun it is. You know, I bring, obviously, being a comedian, we brought some laughter to the set. And it was really easy to coach Leslie and everyone else. They ended up loosening up and having a great time and teaching about small business and what entrepreneurs are looking for. Wow, well, and Craig just... posted the link as of high on social media. So people can actually go to the link through there and they can hit put on their watch list and then just pull it up on their TV that way, too. And I've had the oh, chance learned, to watch that first episode, and, and it really is good, and it's fun. Yeah, it has Tony Luke in it. My, my old buddy Tony Luke is in it, too, and uh, he brings the goods. And, and then Dave Spadaro, the insider of the Eagles, how great was he in this? I told him, you better get an agent. You're going to be a star. Well, now he can go get love. <laughs> so it'll be all good. Let me tell you something about, um, about entrepreneurs, though. You don't get that far, even just getting this, the company off the ground without passion. And I, I just feel like that shows through. And that alone is intoxicating to see these people who just care so much about what they're doing and what they're building. And again, the parallels with sports and that whole, you know, team and you want to get behind people and root for them. Uh, you know, this, this show's full of that. Well, we encourage everybody to yes. check it out on Amazon Prime. Look forward to having you both on as the show goes forward. Talk that and other sports. Thank you both for a little bit of time today. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. You go to the you, you can go on. to the you go to the wolfpackpac.com. We have a we're starting a podcast and get more information and maybe you can be the next business that we feature on Amazon Prime on the Wolfpack. Just uh, check us out and stay in touch. Uh, and I'm official Craig Shoemaker on Instagram, producing the show. Six more episodes, so we will be back in contact with you. Maybe you guys will have some sports app that we can. That we can focus on something. Yeah, and I <laughs> Jason and I will be applying immediately. Yes, we will. We will get started. <laughs> Much for the time, guys. You have a great day. You Perfect. got it. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Bye. Jeff, we're going to have to come up with some kind of business or something. We got to think about that. It, it really is a good show. I mean, and, uh, look, you and I both watch Shark Tank. This is different than that. You know, I, I wouldn't even... I know they advertise it like that, but but it's it is so much more because it does go into all the other stuff. I mean, Shark Tank is you walk in, you make your pitch, and it's just five guys sitting in chairs. This is this is different because it, it's the opportunity to to talk to the people, the mentors, or what they call wolves, and kind of go through that whole process. And well, let's go back really to one of, into a business. Let's go back to one of the athletes himself before we we finish up today. Uh, we definitely get to talk to some football now. We've got a local legend, NFL. Uh, top 75 team. The list of honors is too long for me to name. Billy White Shoes Johnson, thanks for giving us a few minutes today. Thanks so much, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. I had a little phone call earlier. couldn't get, get through, so but thanks for having me. Oh, no problem at all. We appreciate you calling back in and giving us a few minutes. You're, you're a local guy who's, who's done good. You went to Widener. You're in the Philly Sports Hall of Fame. You were drafted in the 15th round, 365th overall out of Widener. What was that like to, to wait around that long and then realize your dream? <laughs> hey, look, I was just wishing to be considered. I, I was happy with that. So, uh, you know, just waiting to, to waiting around, waiting around. It was a, for instance, to me, from a small school, hey, I was just, I was just glad to be thought about. It. But being drafted itself and going down to Houston, was a great dream of mine come true. You know, how many times do you get a chance to, to, to play on the big level, on the big stage, uh, coming from a small school? You know, you know, Billy, you talk about uh, being from a small school. 
you got to tell us, I've always wondered, and now I have the chance to ask this, what is it like to be a guy? You're not the biggest guy on the field. What is it like to have a, a punt coming at you with 11 guys coming full steam, knowing they're all gunning for you? <laughs> you have to be trusting, number one. <laughs> trusting on those other 10 guys doing their job. But number two, it's, it's really still to your advantage. Uh, if, you, if, if you have a good retirement team, you've got good guys who can really, uh, really want to be on that team, all you have to do is catch the ball. And if you and if you get a little frightened, you just say a catch. But it's it, it it can be it's overwhelming at first. I know when I stepped on to the field as a rookie, uh, my first game, man, you know if you drop a punt coming from a small school and being a small stature, you might be gone. So there's there's a lot riding on uh, on you, making sure you catch the ball and, and knowing where you are on the field, and you know a lot of other things that come into play. But you're just uh, for me. It was just it was just another way of getting the ball and, and getting a chance to uh, get a carry. You know, you made your mark as a special teams player and a return man, but I heard an interview when I was getting ready for this where you talked about how playing baseball actually prepared you for returning. You also thought everybody could do it. Can you talk about how playing multiple sports actually <laughs> prepared you to be a return man? Oh, oh it does. It does, definitely. Uh, you're always anticipating where the ball is going to end up. Uh, you're always looking at the angles. And, you know, you can't shortstop a in the outfield. What you're supposed to do is get set, get ready to run under the ball, depending if there's anybody on the base. It all helps on how you catch the ball and, and your legs are positioned and the body's positioned ready to go. So I think playing other sports, you know, even basketball, having good quick feet, keeping your feet moving. Uh, when you're being about to be tackled, all those things come into play. I'm a big advocate of playing other sports. Billy, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is is one of your fellow teammates in the Gridiron Great Fund uh, was on a few weeks ago, Icky Woods. And people don't understand that that players of your generation don't have the same benefits as as those of this generation in the NFL, don't have a lot of their medical expenses paid for, even though they suffered a lot of these injuries on the field. Can you tell us about your work with the Gridiron Great Fund um, and also Port Grind Appreciation Day? Well, yeah. Well, you know, the people at uh, Small Batch, um, what they're doing, they've uh, decided to, you know, get together with, with, with Mike Vickers' company, and Coach Vickers' company, the Gridiron Great Assistance Fund, and uh, donate funds to the charity. Uh, of course, they themselves are big-time football fans, but it's also a great day for people to get involved with eating pork rinds on that day. But more importantly, the, the foundation itself really helps those guys who have been uh, unfortunate in regards to medical problems, uh, medical assistance. And because of that, Southern Recipe has always donated, uh, which is a major, uh, uh, they donate enough to, to help the charity itself. And they've been doing this for the last 12 years. I got to ask you too, you know, your, your playing days on the field, you know, you, you were a trendsetter with your celebrations and the funky chicken and, and the white shoes. Did that happen intentionally or, or did that just kind of happen? You know, was that, that something you planned for or just kind of happened? It, it, it just happened. I, 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 you know, coming into the league and um, especially from a, you know, you know, you're a small guy and, uh, they just, it was just 
happenstance. We had some good teams, some good returns uh, in the NFL, and, and thanks goodness for how it co-sell at that time. It really helped. But in college itself, I just did it I on a lock, just having fun with our ball players, not to intimidate anybody, not trying to poke fun of any anyone, just going out there and having fun. Uh, and it just, it just took off on its own. As as a fan, you watch a game and you, you get down to the end of the game and you, and you see a team line up for a Hail Mary and you're like, hey, you know, whatever, this isn't going to happen. I'm looking through the highlights and I see this game from 1983 where you actually caught a game-winning Hail Mary pass against the Niners. What is that like? Oh, man, that's something you often dream about. It don't hit you till the next day. You go out there and you uh, uh, score the winning touchdown, you know, seconds winding down. And... Uh, it, you know, you avoid a few tacklers, would-be tacklers, and get into the end zone. It's it's great. And, you know, because of that, the 49ers did not get a chance to get to the playoffs because they was on a roll at that time. They had suffered a couple of defeats, and they needed that game to get them into the playoffs. Uh, knocking them out of playoffs was, was nice because they were always in our conference. But that itself, that return itself, was it was just a lot of fun. It's something that you uh, often, you know, in the back of your mind, you never give up until, until the game is over. Uh, and doing something like that is it's just one of those good dreams come true. Billy, we only have a minute left, but we wanted to ask you, how can people help uh, with the Gridiron Great Fund? Well, well, number one, you know, if they want to really get, uh, um, they can go to the Gridiron Great Assistance Fund.org and uh, find out more about the uh, foundation itself. And uh, they can go to Southern Recipe Small Batch at the, uh, smallbass.com and find out. As a matter of fact, go to our website and you'll see guys, like you said, guys are on like Icky Woods, Jack Youngblood, and they'll get a chance to, uh, uh, I mean, of course, Small Bass will donate something for you guys coming on, but they'll get a chance to win $5,000 and just to come on and view and see us talk about football. We'll make sure to put good. that information out there so that people can find it. Uh, Billy, we can't thank you enough for giving us a few minutes talking to us about what you're doing with Gridiron Greats and a little bit about some of your, your playing days. Uh, thanks so much for the time. Oh, man, thank you guys for having me. Truly appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Jeff, we got like a minute. Okay, thank you. We got like a minute left here. Got to talk to Billy there. I got to ask my Hail Mary question. You did. You Aren't you excited? You could hear how excited he got telling us about that. Because you were so close to making the NFL and having that chance yourself, right? Out of Hail Mary away. Uh, <laughs> what we got about a minute left. James Harden Still? not traded here, Jeff. How, how do you feel about this situation? Brooklyn gave up a lot to get. You know what? Congratulations, Brooklyn. We now have the, you know, every team, every league needs its bad guys team. This is it. This is the evil empire team. You have Kyrie Irving, who has just been a mess. You have Kevin Durant, who was a carpetbagger when he went out to, to Golden State. And now you have James Harden, who ate his way and, and, and mismanaged his way out of Houston. I thought that Houston actually made out very well. Yeah, they did. Uh, they're done. They have and, this, and this Brooklyn team will not win the championship. They have no depth, especially Spencer Dinwiddie's, Dinwiddie's after the season. Who exactly on that team do they have other than those three? Who plays center on that team, too? It's a mess. It really uh, is. I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, Houston, WWDBAM now really good uh, when this is all done.
Any final thoughts before we finish up today? Um, no. That's <laughs> for your profound <laughs> last words. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.